The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Welcome in. It is our Tuesday edition of the Leach Report coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio here in Lexington. And we are uh, coming up on, what, 11 days, I guess, before the start of the college football season for the Wildcats. They had an off day yesterday as classes got started, but uh, they'll get back to work today and, and a shift into the mode of preparing for the opening opponent and the start of the season. We'll talk about all of that with Dusty Bonner. Uh, from the UK Sports Network, former Wildcat QB, uh, two-time Harlan Hill Award winner from uh, down at Valdosta State, Larry Vaught, and then Daryl Bird from the Cat's Paws. And thanks to all of you who uh, reached out with nice things to say about uh, our interview yesterday with Ralph about his longtime friendship with Tom T. Hall. Glad to hear you guys enjoyed those stories. Uh, a little different than uh, what we normally do, uh, staying focused on uh, UK sports. But uh, I loved hearing the stories. That, and uh, as some of you said, you could listen to Ralph tell stories all day, and I'm right there with you. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll get him on to tell some more stories from time to time. But those were great, uh, and uh, celebrating the life of a, uh, a tremendous Kentucky songwriter and Tom T. Hall. So I'm glad you guys enjoyed that yesterday if you missed it it's on the mingy beef jerky podcast at tomleachky.com you can also find the podcasts at uh, wlap.com and talkradio1080.com let's jump right into the wildcat news of the day and we'll start with what may happen at some point today which would be the announcement of an alliance between the big 10 the acc and the pac-12 and part of it is uh, scheduling where they would uh, and to help their their TV package to get more appealing games for the networks and get more money out of the networks for uh, their games. So maybe the Big Ten and uh, I can't remember if it's the Pac-12 or the ACC plays nine games. They maybe they would drop to eight, and then they'd play one non-conference game from each of the other two leagues. So ten. Power five games, and that's why I think, and especially with this alliance coming, uh, I think it is a lead pipe cinch that the SEC will go to nine games, um, and then one non-conference game. Um, Kentucky has Louisville, Clemson has uh, South Carolina, but you know, a power five non-conference game, and um, those would uh, everybody would be at at ten power five opponents. And in the story I saw about this, uh, the uh, it said the existing games like Kentucky, Louisville, uh, Florida, Florida State, Clemson, South Carolina would uh, remain. The alliance also, in addition to uh, ma- you know, scheduling, is going to be about uh, trying to blunt some of uh, the SEC's power. And it might slow down the move to a 12-team playoff. Excuse me, the word is the leagues still support the idea of a 12-team playoff, but they want more of a voice into um, how it comes about and what, it, what it's going to look like. So uh, probably at some point today, 
uh, you will hear about that. Mark Stoops was at Churchill Downs yesterday for the annual kickoff luncheon that is hosted by the Jefferson County chapter, the UK Alumni Club. I think they had a record turnout for that. Uh, Stoops talked about how much he loves this team and this group of players, as he has in previous appearances at, around the state. He thinks the fans will feel the same way as he does. He acknowledged that they've got some issues to get straightened out, the off-the-field issues with six players facing uh, charges, and he promised that uh, that would happen, that they would uh, get that straightened out, and he said he anticipates everybody will be back on the field. Uh, One of the players involved, Vito Tisdale, back in the news, a WDRB report saying he was cited on a misdemeanor marijuana charge back in July in his hometown of Bowling Green. Players' first fan fest that was scheduled for this Sunday at Rupp Arena has been postponed. Reports say it was a scheduling conflict for some of the players that uh, everybody couldn't be there, so they're making plans to reschedule it uh, not too far down the road. Pro Football Focus, which uh, does a lot of interesting work on rating performances at the NFL and the college level, they have rated uh, Jamin Davis the number one rookie defender right now, and Landon Young the number two offensive tackle through uh, what they've seen so far in preseason action. Saints were playing, uh, Landon's team, the Saints played last night against the Jags, and Josh Allen was not on the field. He's on the NFL's COVID list. Uh, could be he could have COVID or it could be simply contact tracing, but either way, uh, Josh was uh, not in the game last night and is on that list. Links to the stories that we talk about can be found on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. Dusty Bonner will join us when we come right back. It's the Leach Report, Radio Network for Tuesday. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter at Leach Report. Now, here's Tom. Quarter past the top of the hour on a Tuesday, we go to the drinksword.com hotline to bring on former Wildcat QB Dusty Bonner. You'll hear him on the UK Network pregame coverage with Jeremy Jarman and Christy Thomas coming up a week from Saturday. And uh, Dusty, this is uh, an exciting time for all fans, but when you've played the game like you have, i got to think it's even uh, greater excitement. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, an, it's an interesting time of year because it's, it's – you start thinking about camp, and you start you, you, you smell the smells, and you feel the heat. And you do all those things, and then when you start to feel that temperature start to shift just a little bit, you know that that means you're fixing to get into a season. And so, um, yeah, I, I know that the players are are probably you know tired of seeing each other and ready to play somebody else, and um, just kind of get get out there and explode on the field. The classes started yesterday. They had their second major scrimmage last Saturday. So this is the point at which, you know, you, your depth chart's pretty locked in for the coaches, right? And you start moving into prepping for the first game. Well, yeah, I think so. But I will tell you this, and it's, it's an interesting phenomenon. Is like, uh, you know, you, you have guys that are performing, particularly when it's guys that you don't. Maybe they're younger guys, and they come into camp and they're performing well, and they're doing good things and you think they might be getting a certain amount of playing time you know you kind of have to wait till school starts and get through that a little bit too because sometimes those particularly you know with, with the older guys you kind of know what to expect but with the younger guys uh sometimes they come in and they're performing at a certain level and then school starts and that level changes um just because they're distracted or or, or whatever and so that that's an element that 
you know, it's weird. It sounds weird to talk about it, and people are probably like, well, how does that, you know, but, I, you know, I've seen it, um, and it's just something as a college coach you just kind of know, like, you know, once once school starts, you know, you kind of got to watch particularly those younger guys to see if their level of play changes. Uh, and I think it's due to focus and just attention and everything else going on. So, um, But for the most part, yeah, you're pretty locked in. Uh, you're just trying to get good reps, particularly you know when you've named a quarterback early and, you're, and and you know who that's going to be. Then there's a lot that you can kind of get down the road pretty fast. And Kentucky has named Will Levis, the Penn State transfer, as their starting QB. I uh, don't know how much of him in person you've seen on the practice field, but from what you've seen, either that way or or on tape, uh, give me your impressions of uh, Will Levis. Well, you know, I haven't I haven't really had a chance to see him in person, but I've talked to quite a few folks that I know and kind of trust their opinion that, that have seen him in person. And, um, you know, I, I, without even seeing him in person, I think he is probably the most, uh, pro the most pro type ready as far as physical, like his physical attributes, you know, since couch, I mean, couch was, you know, if you were, if you were looking for a pro stock quarterback, you know, couch fit the mold. I think this guy since couch is the closest thing that we've had to like absolutely fitting that mold. Uh, a guy that could 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 do some really big things and, and go early and that kind of stuff and so we'll see we'll see how it plays out but I've heard that I've heard that his arm strength is 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 pretty in, incredible pretty rare uh, very elite level um, so I, I'm excited to see him play and see what he does but uh, I'm kind of expecting big things and that offense that uh, you guys ran the the accuracy of of short throws and touch throws was uh, tremendously important and you mentioned Tim one thing I mean he could throw the ball down the field and hit the the deep ball to to uh East or whoever but uh he was really good at you know putting the ball in the right spot if the guy's swinging out Anthony White's swinging out and he's heading upfield he didn't have to reach back to catch the football you were the same way um how are you what are you hearing about how uh, Will is is doing in terms of you know when he has to take a little something off the fastball well you know it's interesting because I read I read an article where they said that that was kind of Kind of a, uh, a weak spot early on in his, his career, uh, Penn State, and, and I, I think even he in the, in the article I read said, "Yeah, that that was true then, but it's something I've worked on." And um, you know, I, I, from what I've heard, it's kind of like, "Hey, where do you want the ball to be?" Kind of a deal, and um, you know, but you're but you're you're right. I mean, he he's it's more important to be accurate than anything else when you're you know you're throwing the football because if you're not accurate it doesn't matter and, and and what you're talking about we used to practice this all the time when did it in little drills where you were we were very purposeful about where we put the ball and so you know if a receiver goes and he, he, he curls up in the middle of the field and and as a quarterback you can see the guys around him and behind him you can put the ball to the shoulder that you want him to turn so our guys we used to tell our receivers they were taught that if the ball you know wherever the ball hits you turn that way and go that way because that's the quarterback telling you you need to run that way because if you turn the other way the guy's going to hit you and so um you can be that you can be that specific with your passing and it, and it helps and it helps get those yards after catch and that sort of a thing but from you know from what i've heard about levis is from from folks that have gone and watched and practice and things it's, it's i say look man he's he's got the arm he can he can do anything he wants to with the ball, but he can also, uh, you know, if you just kind of tell him where you want the ball to be, and he can put it there. What about from a leadership standpoint? What have uh, the folks you've talked to told you about how he's been able to 
take command of the huddle, lead in the you know off the field, and those types of areas. Well, you know, I mean, I, listen, I, I haven't heard a whole lot of people talk about that, and I, you know, and I don't know, you know, uh, the folks that I talk to, I don't know how, you know, you, you got to be in the inner workings of the team to truly learn the leadership stuff because, you know, you can show up and watch and you can kind of see what you see, but um, it really, it's about, you know, it's about what kind of a guy is he in meetings, what kind of a teammate is he, uh, you know, does he work hard in the weight room and those kind of things, because at the end of the day, the players want somebody, you know, they want somebody that that they that they like uh they want somebody that they know is going to work hard uh and and be a good teammate so uh but but i think the fact you know i i've seen i've seen levels of maturity and just comments that he's made you know for for example the article that i touched on and uh where he said hey look that was a very fair assessment of me early in my career i i, I didn't have a whole lot of touch and i didn't throw some of the short passes and i was throwing them too hard and that kind of a thing but it's something i've really really worked on and i think that that's changed now you know, I, I thought that was, you know, particularly for a college guy, that's a that's a pretty mature comment to say, yeah, you know what, that criticism was true. And and I went and worked on it, and I got better at it, and I, and I don't think it's as true today. And so, I, you know, I was impressed with that, and I think that, I, to me, that kind of tells me a little bit about him. And, and you know, But at the end of the day, when you transfer in from one program to another, that's you know, hard, and, and particularly in the short window that he had to basically go from, hey, I'm the new guy that nobody knows, to now I'm your starting quarterback. That's a hard transition, but, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it, it doesn't work unless it's, unless it's the right guy. You know, it's just, it, it's not going to work. Um, and, and coaches can see that. If it's not the right guy with the right kind of attitude and, and can be a leader, it, it, it doesn't work. And, and coaches, would, I don't think coaches would put him in that situation if they, if they were worried about that. One of the promo videos that uh, UK crew video crew did um had a clip from a pregame show i think it was the pregame show for the gator bowl that you and jeremy and christy did and they used one of your comments where you said normally a, a bowl game is a reward for what you've accomplished but i look at this bowl game as the launching point into next season um and that was uh interesting comment given you know it was just a very unusual year and you know the covid and, and all those different things and um so uh, talk to me a little bit about what you were thinking there and what you've seen since well you know i, I just think that that you know bowl games are interesting because people can kind of approach them in different ways and i think different programs depending on where they're at where they're trying to go approach them in different ways there are some teams that, that maybe they go to good bowl games every year and they're just kind of they're just there and, and and that sort of a deal. But you know, but listen for for Kentucky and what they're doing and I, and I uh, and what Stoops is doing and I and I think this is why it's working. It's like no matter how good they, no matter how much they improve each year, no matter how much better they're getting and how, the better the recruiting and that sort of a thing. You know, to use a horse racing analogy, that like they're always leaning into the bit. I mean, they're just they're 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 not they're not they're not kind of saying they're not showing up and oh well let's see what happens it's kind of like no they're forcing the issue at all times um and and, and so like those bowl games and that opportunity is you know there's there's a lot of uh special time that you get to practice in a bowl game and you really really get to develop guys for the future and if you take a very business-like approach to that and you and you realize like hey this isn't just a we're going to florida and going to get some, you know, some free gear and a, and a PlayStation. 
but this is an opportunity for us to really to advance and, and, and go ahead and start making those next steps for next year. That's really what a bowl game is. I mean, it's really this, – this is, this is kind of starting your next season off. And so um, that's, that's kind, of, kind of the thinking there for me is like, you know, it's an opportunity to go out and kind of to show what, what you can do. Uh, on a national stage where a lot of recruits are watching and that sort of thing, but but really, you know, are you gonna are you gonna lean into the bit at all times and keep pushing, or are you gonna back off? And and I think they've done a really good job of leaning in and pushing and, and forcing the issue. And and so you know, it, it, you approach the bowl game the same way of like, hey, just, let's not take a vacation, let's force the issue and, and, and put our foot in the right direction of going where we want to go. Dusty, appreciate the time. We'll uh, look forward to hearing you on uh, this pregame a week from Saturday. All right. Thank you, Tom. Dusty Bonner from the U.K. Sports Network pregame team. We're coming up on uh, 26 past the top of the hour. Larry Vaughn will join us. We'll come right back. Find out more about the voice of the Cats and get great coverage of the Big Blue at TomLeachKY.com. Larry Vaughn joins us next on the DrinkSword.com hotline. We'll get into some uh, U.K. football out of the bottom of the hour, Larry. Let me start with a story that you have up at VaughtsViews.com about uh, the one of the Olympics stars from our state, uh, and it's in fencing, uh, Dr. Lee Kiefer. Yeah, pretty amazing what, what Lee's been able to do, and I'm fortunate to be able to get to spend some time talking to her last week and had a four-part uh, series with her that started uh, last week and really just a lot of insights into what went on the excitement of winning the gold and then trying to go from gold medalist to wife when she watched her husband fence uh, it kind of got, had one story about how at 5, 4, 110 pounds she thinks she can still intimidate opponents that are a lot bigger than her so just a lot of really really good insights that to me was still kind of amazing what she was able to do, and after doing this for a long time, time I don't get kind of nervous or or intimidated a little bit doing many interviews. But I was a little tense interviewing the gold medalist like that. It was it was, it was pretty cool. Uh, and yeah, you know, she's been a, a star around uh, this area here in Central Kentucky since she was uh, a teenager. Really, just a cool story. It's at vaultsviews.com or yoursportsedge.com. Coming up on the hard break at the bottom of the hour, we'll get into some UK football with Larry Vaught. When we come back, Daryl Bird, also in the second half, here on the Leach Report, Radio Network. Can't get to a radio? You can listen to us live on the web at talkradio1080.com. Now, back to the show. From the Clark's Pump and Shop studio, it's the Leach Report for Tuesday. We're chatting with Larry Vaught from VaughtsViews.com and NewYorkSportsEdge.com. And uh, so were you tweeted out uh, condolences, and I will join you in uh, sending those along to Kenny Klein, the longtime SID at the University of Louisville, on the passing of his mom last night. And uh, um, I, I don't uh, didn't know her, but I guarantee you she was very proud of him. Uh, absolutely, and I didn't know her either time, but I guarantee you she's Kenny's mother. She had to be a special lady, so Kenny's just a special guy, one of the nicest guys you could ever know, yep. as you well know. Absolutely right. So uh, condolences to uh, Kenny and, and his family. Let's talk a little Kentucky football. Uh, when we last talked a week ago, you were getting ready to watch the open practice. So what were some of your takeaways? 
I was just uh, genuinely impressed by probably everything I saw. I was, I think, maybe most surprised when I saw that Eli Cox was <laughs> looked like an anchored in that right guard spot and going to be starting there. And think about what a journey he's had from West West Jasper, a guy that. I think was barely a, th- a three star. A lot of people wondered what UK saw in him and wondered why he was going there. And if I, if I remember correctly, Tom, I don't think he had another high level offer other than Kentucky when he just went ahead and committed. But right. really nice to see him do that. And then just the depth in that offensive line really impressed me. And I think the other thing that stood out to me was just uh, how well the receivers were catching the ball. And I know it's just, it was basically like seven on seven. And all like that, but those guys were going up, ma- making catches, hanging on to it, and I think that's something I probably w- wanted to see, maybe needed to see, just to help convince me a little bit more about how this season could turn out. I saw you were uh, tweeted or, or wrote in the story. It was maybe in a story that uh, Magwood, the freshman, caught your eye at receiver. Yeah, he, he really did. I mean, he just seems to, to know what he's doing out there. Just a guy that has a. I don't just an air about him that you think he's going to be able to play and, and, and make plays. A really intelligent young young man. He's still kind of getting back used to playing receiver after moving from receiver to quarterback his senior year, sort of like what Lynn Bowden did because they didn't have anybody else, so they just moved him. And he's still kind of getting back to, to route running, trying to get some of his explosion back. But he, he, he looks like a guy that I think, as the season goes on, may help more and more there at that receiver spot. You have a, a big off-the-field issue going on right now for this team uh, with six players involved in the legal system. I think they're supposed to have a hearing this week. Um, there are always going to be two or more sides to these kinds of stories. So um, uh, we'll let the legal system sort all that out and try to get uh, so we can find out what the the facts are. But for we'll talk about this just from the from the team standpoint. Uh, Stoops has talked about how uh, good he thinks the leadership is on this team, and it will test that that leadership at a time like this, right? Yeah, I think it definitely will. I think Luke Fortner and Josh Pascal addressed it pretty well Saturday by saying they're not going to let this be a distraction to this team, and I don't think that they will. This will also test your your depth a little bit because you're going to lose. Right now you've got some guys that aren't out there who did figure to be in, in your playing rotation. This gives some other guys chances to, to do that. And, and I'm like you, I think two or more sides is a, it's a good way to put it based on all that you're hearing right now. But the bottom line is, you, you don't know me, maybe these guys will be back next week. Maybe they won't be back all season. But the, but the coaches and the rest of the players just have to move on. I mean, they got a game a week from Saturday, so they can't really worry about who's not there. They've got to get the guys who are there ready to play and i think that's what this team will be able to do and it's you know it could be opportunities whether it's this issue this issue this issue or an injury that's giving young guys an opportunity um you got jacques jones that's uh, uh i think he was out the practice you guys saw with a with an ankle so martez thrower trevin wallace are getting talked up a lot two freshman linebackers and then at running back uh, I think Smoke's uh, been uh, in and out a little bit, and so you saw in the highlights last weekend, uh, and McLean obviously out of the picture at the moment, you saw T- uh, Travis Tisdale show up in the highlights that UK put out, and I know there's been a lot of uh, good buzz about Lavelle Wright, so some of these guys that haven't seen the field much, uh, uh, one would think are, are going to get their chance. 
Yeah, and I probably should have mentioned with Wallace and Thrower, but but I guess I wasn't surprised because John Sumrall has brainwashed me so much from the day that he recruited <laughs> and got them to commit about how good they were going to be and how they were both going to be able to help and both could play this year. So I guess I wasn't surprised. That was just more kind of, I guess, confirmation that everything that John had told me was probably true because when you look at those guys and you watch them on the field, it's hard to believe that they are just true freshmen because they just don't look that that way. I mean, they certainly pass that look test you talk about when they, when they get off the bus or come on the field. They just look like guys that have been around. And I think uh, when Brad White was just talking about, they just have a kind of a sneaky wiggle to them that just gets them through places and, and gets them to the football. That's a pretty nice compliment when you're a, a linebacker. And I know Trevins talks a lot about how much DeAndre Square has helped him. So I thought both those guys were going to be special teams players for sure when the season started, maybe get in the rotation a little bit. But I think they're going to factor in more early than what I even realized, and they both look really good. We had Brad White on the show yesterday, and uh, you had a story with him, and it's up at vaultsviews.com right now, uh, and how he is trying to, to challenge Yusef Corker to just take it up one more notch. Yeah, yeah which is kind of hard, hard to do. He's had, what, 151 tackles and five interceptions over the last two seasons, but I know I talked with Anthony White about this, and he said that sometimes taking it up the notch can also be in in leadership in what you do to help other guys in the secondary with you make more plays. And he said it's also, and this is kind of what Brad had referred to, it's maybe when you make those plays now that you have to, when the team really needs a play, you've got to be the guy that always makes that makes that play. But Corker's been really good for two years, and if he can improve what he's done, well, that defense ought to be really good. But I like the way that Brad has challenged him, and I think Yusuf's a guy that we should have big expectations for this year. Uh, let's go to um, a little basketball. You talked to a coach over your way at center that had a connection to C.J. Frederick. Yeah, the, the new uh, center assistant coach, uh, covering the Catholic guy, and he's been uh, friends with C.J. for a while and has been around, and he says that folks are just going to love CJ, I mean, I don't know. Every time you hear something about CJ from anybody, it's just amazing how how they talk about him. And he says that CJ is such a hard worker and the things that, and such a really good young man that he thinks he's just going to step in and be not only a good fit, but a player that University of Kentucky uh, fans are really, really going to like a, a lot. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing him play even more now. But um, Mark Schultz has, has been around C.J. a lot and still talks to him some now. And he says it's just unbelievable how good he is and that he just shoots the eyes out of the basketball, but then also that he's really solid on defense. I think that's one thing we keep hearing more and more about, and that's a really big deal when you play for John Calipari, as you well know, Tom. Absolutely true. Larry Vaught, thank you much. All right, Tom, appreciate it. Larry joins us on Tuesdays here on the DrinkSword.com hotline. You can read him at VaughtsViews.com, YourSportsEdge.com, and on Twitter it is at VaughtsViews. And he and uh, Curtis Birch and Anthony White, Bo Robinson, on the Sunday morning show here in the Lexington market, uh, recapping the sports for the week every Sunday morning. We'll get right back to our next segment with Daryl Burt from the Cat's Paws when the Leach Report continues. The Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Tweet us at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. 
14 away from the top of the hour. Back to the drinksword.com hotline we go to bring on Daryl Bird from the Cat's Paws, catspaws.com. If you don't already have it, you can pick up the annual Cat's Paws Kentucky Football Yearbook and uh, bookstores and uh, elsewhere around the newsstands around the state. Uh, Daryl, you have um, done this. I guess you assume you've done the interview the, with Mark Stoops for every one of these since he's been here, right? Yes, that's right. Talk to me about how you've, through those conversations, how you've seen him, you know, grow into this role. You know, he's dealing with a little off, with a you know, significant off the field issue right now. Those things happen for a coach. Mm-hmm. So, just give me your take on his uh, evolution in this job. The, I'm not sure it's the right word, but the self confidence has just gone through the roof. In the first year, obviously, it's the first time he'd ever been a head coach, so he was really, really careful about what you're going to say, how you're going to say it, and you're trying to build from the ground up. And I guess it was after the 2018, the 10-win season, the following summer I went in for it, he's rocked back in the chair, feet up on the table, and said, let's do it. (laughs) It was probably the best one I've ever done. And he's never going to throw out a lot of stuff for locker room, you know, bulletin board material. But he's confident in his team. He has been for the last several years, and it just that grows every year. And he's he's not going to give you bulletin board material, but he's not going to back down from saying we're a good team. And I know that, and we just got to go prove it and play the games on Saturday. Which it, it's been fascinating to watch that journey from someone who's never been a head coach to where you know he knows what he's doing. He's very comfortable in how he's built this and and what his plan is going forward. Somebody, uh, I've said this before on the show, somebody early on uh, made the uh, made the comment to me, he's Rich Brooks if Rich had come to Kentucky 20 years earlier. And, That's a very uh, good analysis. I thought so, too. And, uh, you know, Rich was a guy who would, you know, confront tough issues head on. Um, mm-hmm. And he would be, you know, he would be straight with you. But then he, now, you, you don't get quite the injury update uh, from Mark that you, you would get <laughs> from Rich. But otherwise, I do see a lot of similarities. A lot of said that's an excellent analogy. Those two are very kind of get the no nonsense. I'm a football coach. I'm not. I'm not your PR guy. I'm here to coach football team, and I'll answer your questions and I'll be straightforward. I mean, why bother hiding stuff? It's just going to come back and bite you anyway, right? And they just seem to address it and get on with it. No, I think that's true. So let, let's talk about. Did you get to the, go to the open practice last week? No, we were. That was the morning we were sending our August issue to the printer, and I couldn't ah. get over there. But well, I'm sure you talked to your people that did and, and others, yeah. uh, and then just other things that you've seen, be it highlights or interviews. Um, give me your impressions of what you think is uh, possible for this team this season and why. I think they're going to be really good, and it's all because of depth. And I think last time we talked, I just finished the Q&A with Mark, and it was just, this was in June, just as some of the – Fall enrollees were starting to get onto campus, and you know we're talking about quarterbacks. And he's and we talked to Will Levis. He said, "I have never seen him throw." I mean, he's just now. I mean, just walked in like the day before that day. Said, "I haven't seen him throw." I've heard good things, but I honestly don't know. But Joy Gatewood was outstanding. Didn't throw a single pick in over 500 attempts during spring drills. And you're thinking, "Wow!" And then Will comes in and, and wins the job in two weeks. And you're like, oh, my, because you knew Joey was a pretty good player, and this guy could win the job that quick. What does that say about the quarterback position, which to me was the only 
question mark pretty much up and down the entire roster because he's built the depth to the point that this instant we're talking the off-field thing we're talking about now. Well, it's next man up, and you look around, well, hmm, next man up's pretty daggone good now. Couldn't say that 10 years ago. Now you can. And that's why I think they're in for a really, really good year. Yeah, you know, when you're playing in this league, you're going to lose guys, uh, injuries, yes. whatever it may be. And um, you have to be able to withstand that uh, to be able to to remain competitive, win, you know, win the games you have to win um, and to uh, accomplish your goals. And that yes. was always the, the big issue for Kentucky that, you know, over the course of the season, it would just take its mm. toll. And those great teams in the sure. 70s have said before, you know, that 77 team that won 10 games, I mean, they lost uh, Rod Stewart in the second game, their best running back. They lost their best linebacker, Jim Kolach, I think, at the first game. And other guys stepped in that you'd never heard of and became key players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's exactly where he's got this program now is, is that situation. And you know, we're talking about the off-field stuff Football more than any sport on campus can handle that because every men, every player has the mentality. You know, I'm one hit away from playing, and and they understand that, and that's beaten into their head from the day they walk on campus. So they that should they should have just well, okay, that's not good. Shrug and go play. And here's my shot. See what I can do. I uh, see where uh, Ryan Howard has announced an NIL deal with a car insurance company in Tennessee, where she's from. Uh, do you think? Did you think we'd have more bigger uh, NIL announcements than we've had at this point for Kentucky athletes? Do you think it's still coming? I would suspect it's still coming, but yeah, I thought there might be a little more because so many people were rushing right out the gate to do it. If this had fallen just as basketball camp was opening, I think you would there would be more online. Maybe maybe some businesses are just kind of taking a wait and see because you know this is. My anticipation was going to be there's going to be some outrageous deals, and there have been. They're going to everybody's going to rush to it, be the first. And it's like, hmm, we didn't sell any more cars because you know QB one is on our posters. Maybe that's not such a good investment. It's going to come back just like everything we say in this in this sport. It's going to come back to the money. Did that did that really help us sell more of whatever because this this athlete was part of the deal? I don't know. They'll find out, and I guarantee they will track it. And if it's not, it's going to kind of fade away, go back to something I thought it would be anyway is, is more reasonable is, is what they were going to do Sunday with the basketball team. You know, Get all the players together, do some drills, and, and sign autographs for a certain amount, you know, $20, $30, whatever. I think it'll, be, it'll settle into two <laughs> things. One is the majority of it will be uh, smaller deals, uh, autograph sessions, uh, you know, before a season or somebody has a big game and then they, you know, you know, a restaurant uh, does an autograph signing with them and they're going to get a lot of people to come in and, uh, you know, to buy their products. So that's going to work, sure. you know, business-wise, you know, in that situation. Or, you know, somebody in a hometown is going to use, you know, like uh, Ryan here from her, uh, where she grew up in mm-hmm. a car insurance company where there's that, that – connection those there'll be a lot of those deals that aren't going to be six figures but nice opportunities for the players to make some money and then there's going to be some big ones and i think those will be the you know ones you know with in you see in other areas of entertainment and different places where huge social media followings will attract national companies but there's not a lot not nearly as many of those not as many as you think and if i'm uk and they may be doing this anyway but if 
if I'm running at a UK, I can control a whole lot of that because I'm still a little nervous about businesses and my athletes working together, but that's just the reality of it. I hold autograph sessions after every home game at Rupp Arena. Yeah. I, I just set the tables up. Fans, you want it? Come on down. Have the, whatever the fee is. The players get the money, and there's a little NIL money in their pocket, and you, you get on with life. And it's a really simple way to do it. Uh, Daryl, appreciate the time. Uh, I know folks can uh, still find the uh, the yearbook uh, all around the state, oh, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And most every bookstore or at shop catspaws.com and for hurriedly working on the basketball yearbook as we speak it's, it's my typical september <laughs> here comes football well, and the basketball yearbook appreciate you giving us a little time give get you a break from that so thank you much and uh, we'll see you in a little over a week out at the stadium yeah i can't wait thank you daryl bird catspaws.com here on the leech report uh, we are heading to a break When we come back, we will close out with a couple of notes to get you moving on to the rest of your day. It is the Leach Report. Guests come to you on the DrinkSword.com hotline. Check out Shield, their newest in the performance line from Sword Performance, DrinkSword.com. A lot of teams are hydrating better and faster with Shield. We'll be right back. UK history note on this day in 2008, the USA beat Spain for the gold medal, and Tayshaun Prince became the latest Wildcat at that time to have a gold medal draped around his neck. And a happy birthday to one of Mike Pratt's old teammates, uh, Kentucky guard Kent Hollenbeck, uh, born on this day. Uh, Darian Kennard named second team All-America by the Associated Press. Just about everybody else had named him first team. Uh, the AP had tackles from Ohio State and Clemson on the first team. Also, um, saw a note last week from ESPN's Daily Wager show. They talk about sports uh, betting lines, and they did an SEC segment, and they talked about their best bets. One of their analysts said the best bet was Kentucky over seven wins.